0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Progressive News Network Extra. I'm Brooke Hines, your host. It is Wednesday, February 12th, the day after the New Hampshire primary. And guess what? We have a frontrunner. Bernie Sanders has won both Iowa and New Hampshire, despite what the Democratic Party would like you to believe. Uh, so we got some news tonight. I have a list of things I want to share with you guys. Uh, we're going to go over the... Uh, what happened in New Hampshire? We're going to go over a hypothesis of what's going on right now. We're going to talk a little bit about Elizabeth Warren uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about Tom Perez. Then I want to save a little bit of time to talk about this new pack. There is a new pack called the Stop Bernie 2020 pack that is aimed directly at you, Bernie supporters. Especially if you're on Twitter, like it actually says that in there, as they introduce themselves. So pat yourselves on the back. You are super good at your jobs because uh, corporate Democrats are so afraid of you that they are raising money to somehow push back on you. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work. Let's let's try to think it out together. Um, but first, first, uh, what a night. So, um, Bernie won. Bernie won New Hampshire and and uh, and Iowa. And you know, what's interesting about that is that in four decades, in 40 years, uh, the person who wins Iowa and New Hampshire has not lost the nomination. Um, leaps and bloops. Uh, let me know, listeners, so I'm getting some text. Let me know if you're hearing beeps and bloops. I'm not hearing beeps and bloops. There might be some audio weirdness. I'm going to twist some knobs, see if that helps. Let me know, listener, if that helps at all. Um, okay, so it's a sweet, sweet win. And uh, one of the reasons it's so sweet is that corporate media has been especially condescending and dismissive about Bernie Sanders. Just uh, uh, when they're not outright attacking him, it's this kind of passive aggressive game. And Mehdi Hassan did a really good article uh, today in The Intercept. And uh, I'm not a huge Mehdi Hassan fan, right? Um, but so when he does something that's worth sharing, I'm more than happy to, to be like, hey, go read this guy's stuff. So his piece today goes over some of the greatest hits of corporate media stupidity. And uh, he mentions uh, there's at least two, no, there's three Washington Post columnists on here, which, go figure, Washington Post is owned by uh, Jeff Bezos, who all of a sudden has to pay a living wage to his Amazon workers. So, you know, maybe there's a little bit of a grudge there. <clears throat> but uh, the Washington Post Henry Olsen, uh, talking about Bernie Sanders' campaign, he says that it's, quote, a one-hit wonder. That after a few concerts, after a few concerts that attract ever more selective audiences, he will likely drop out and retire his influence consigned to history. You're going to find that this is a theme in these quotes, by the way, that they all kind of wind up in this kind of fantasy land where it's like, then he'll be consigned to history. He'll go out to pasture. He'll ride up into the sunset. It's one after another. Okay, so um, Jennifer Rubin described Sanders as, quote, yesterday's news and suggested, now this is a while back, suggested that he would, quote, face stiff competition for the youth vote from Beto O'Rourke, who was... Uh, as it turns out, quit the race in November, and Sanders actually won half, almost half, of 17 to 29-year-olds. Yeah, That's that's voting age to 30. 17 to 29-year-olds in Iowa and more young voters in New Hampshire than all of the other candidates combined. So, so much for that, Jennifer Rubin. Yet another post-columnist, David Vondrell, Bondrill, uh, wrote how Sanders would quote, would find, quote, that his moment is gone, his agenda absorbed by more plausible candidates, his future behind him. I just want to ax this out. Like I want to put on like some like white face makeup and just, you know, kind of mime through it. Uh next we have MSNBC political contributor Jason Johnson, always good for uh for a good uh, Bernie Jab. He says, uh quote, I see Bernie Sanders launching his campaign and by August realizing he won't be in the top five in Iowa and dropping out. <clears throat> they all they all end with this little fantasy. He's going to drop out. He's going to retire. He's going to write up the sunset. Many um, Hassan goes on to say, will they ever learn? No, they're not going to ever learn because the party is ate up with, with groupthink. It's ate up with... um." Uh, uh, it's not a conspiracy It's a community As Matt Stoller said In a, in a piece earlier <clears throat> Earlier last week On February 4. He did a piece called uh, Iowa caucuses The blob And the democratic party cartel And I really like what he says here <clears throat> And it's, it's really worth uh, Taking seriously Because Matt Stoller a smart guy And he spends a lot of time Working on uh, monopolies and why monopolies are bad. And the Democratic Party is, as we know from the DNC fraud lawsuit, is a big, giant monopoly. And it's uh, it's um, metastasized at this point, you might say. Uh, so he, he calls the cartel, he calls the monopoly that is the Democratic Party, the blob, uh, after what Jeff uh, Conn- Connaughton uh, ex. Joe Biden's staffer coined the term the blob in a, in a book that he did. Um, and the blob refers to a network of lawyers, lobbyists, congressional staffers, foreign policy experts, podcasters, media figures, and pollsters who comprise the groupthink of the Democrats. The groupthink. If you had social psychology or you had a psychology class and you learned about groupthink, groupthink's not a good thing. You don't want groupthink. Groupthink is when everybody is thinking the the, 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 the same thing, um, <clears throat> regardless of if it's right or wrong. And that's when bad stuff happens. Uh, as soon as there's groupthink, you need to be worried about whether or not you're getting ready to hit an iceberg or something. So he goes on these people know each other, marry each other, take vacations together. I hear Martha's Vineyard is just lovely this time of year. Uh, Book no, it's probably awful this time of year. Florida is much better. Book each other on shows, hire each other, and work together on policies and campaigns. It's not a conspiracy. It's a community. Um, it's sociology. You yeah? know, it's it, it's a network of. Um, <clears throat> much like any kind of corporation and the way that corporations interact with other corporations is a network of people who are doing business and people who are doing business tend to keep doing business with other people doing business that are in their community. Um, They make sure that they get more jobs. They make sure that they're protected. They make sure that they're not challenged. That's what being in a community is about, especially, you know, elite communities you might say, uh, that doesn't necessarily have to pertain to money, um, you know. There's a, I've been the, the, a, a part of communities that considered ourselves quite elite, <clears throat> and we were dead ass broke. Uh, you know, it, it might actually, I need to think about this, it might actually be a feature of of forming kinds of communities that uh, that what you're doing is creating a sense of elitism, or maybe that's completely obvious. Um, anyway, these relationships of the blob tend to wear down the competence of the political apparatus. That's super important right there. The, um, the night before the caucus, the Iowa Democratic Party has said, quote, these are probably the most prepared will ever be. These caucuses are going to be the most prepared for we've ever been. Um, as a party uh, for these caucuses, we've run through a few different scenarios, but I can tell you, we are ready, unquote, said Troy Price, who stepped down today as chair of the Iowa State Democratic Party, <laughs> because it was such a freaking fiasco. Um, so long, Troy, we hardly knew you. Uh going to go off script here just because we're talking about Troy Price another story in the Intercept today Ryan Grimm writes that Tom Perez got an earful about superdelegates at the Congressional Progressive Caucus meeting today Uh, and you know who Tom Perez is he's that little kind of weasel looking guy with with the, the weasel looks that runs the DNC um <clears throat> National Democratic, Democratic National Committee Chair Tom Perez met privately on Tuesday, oh, that was yesterday, with members of the Congressional Progressive Caucus to hear concerns over the nominating process from the party's left flank. And what's interesting about this here is there are some concerns in here that I hadn't heard of. So there's some stuff going on behind the scenes that we need to be aware of as um, people who are uh passionate about uh this election. Uh Perez, according to people in the room, brought up the debacle in uh in Iowa and then criticized the Iowa Democratic Party, like took no responsibility. You know, it was the DNC that, uh, that forced you know software onto the on, onto the caucus, it was a DNC that said, "Yeah, you can keep having a caucus, even though we just asked you to have a primary and you, and you said no." And it was a DNC that you know, put them with acronyms. so Tom Perez has a has a problem here with with taking responsibility. I think it's a character flaw. Um, I'm just speculating anyway. Uh Perez said what happened last week was completely unacceptable and we're going to do absolutely nothing about it. Um then he said we are in this all together, we succeed together and we endure all our challenges together. Uh then he said, which is just weird, we've been successful in electing democrats up and down the ballot in 2017, 2018 and 2019 and you know honestly that all that could have gone a lot better. I don't know why he feels but here's the thing, y'all, um, uh, two really interesting points out of this article. Rashida Tlaib asked Perez what procedures he had in place to monitor conflicts of interest for the officials that he names to the DNC committees. And she noted that former New York City Mayor uh, Michael Bloomberg had two paid surrogates on the DNC Rules Committee. That's a big deal. Uh, the DNC had previously said that committee members had no say over a recent decision to change the rules for qualifying <laughs> the Democratic debates, qualifying for the Democratic debates, um, and then a rules change was was made that allowed Bloomberg to to participate. Um, and in response, Perez did not spell out any particular conflict of interest provision the DNC uses, but instead said that he also named Larry Cohen a supporter of Bernie Sanders to the committee. Yay! Larry Cohen, is that the ice cream guy, Ben and Jerry's? No. Ben, Jerry, there's no Larry there. Never mind. Um, Representative Barbara Lee of California, Brenda Lawrence of Michigan, uh, those two told Perez they were frustrated by reports that Some DNC members were considering changing the rules around superdelegates to allow them to vote in the first round of the convention, a clear effort to undermine a progressive candidate. Well, and just a clear effort to undermine the democratic process, too. I mean, let's just be honest about this. Perez was emphatic that no such rules change would be made. You know what? I don't believe him. I don't believe him for a second because he has a weasel face. That's, that's where I stand on the Perez thing. He needs to step down. He needed to step down a long time ago. He's uh he's incompetent. He's part of the blob. He's the little toothy part of the blob. You know, like when you get a tumor and there's two teeth in it, that's Tom Perez. Um, moving on. What do we got next? I have this interesting, this interesting thing. I'll share that in a second. Um no, I'll show that now. So here's here's an interesting little hi- hypothesis. I, I, I'm calling it a hypothesis. Matt Taibbi published a, a column today in Rolling Stone. Uh, go read it. It's called New Hampshire 2020. In Supreme Irony, the Horse Race Favors Bernie Sanders. And in this piece, uh, Taibbi puts forth the idea that Having this big horse race, having all of these people in, in in the race, benefits an outside candidate like like Bernie Sanders the way that uh, it benefited Donald Trump in 2016. And so he's he's laying down some some quotes, uh, uh, things that he had said in the last election cycle that have come true. And so one of the things, one of his uh, observations is. Uh, Four years ago after New Hampshire, it was crystal clear that Donald Trump was not only going to win his party's nomination, but that his path was being actively cleared by the Republican Party establishment and national news media, whose half-baked efforts to stop him were working in reverse. And then as he wrote in February of 2016, this is Matt Taibbi writing in 2016, he said, the Republicans sent forth to take Trump on Have been so incompetent they can't even lose properly. (laughs) One GOP strategist put it this way, quote, maybe 34% is Trump's ceiling, maybe 34 in a five-person race wins. Uh, But the numbers simply don't work unless the field unexpectedly narrows before March. So this is that ceiling talk, and you're starting to hear this about Bernie Sanders. In fact, Right, going up to New Hampshire, everyone was talking about the Bernie Sanders ceiling, as if there is a magical number, whether it's 34 or 44 or whatever it is, that there's a magic number that is the ceiling, that is the highest conceivable number of voters uh, that that Bernie Sanders can attract, or the the number of votes that that he can attract. Uh, I think that that's pretty much magical thinking, and. It was flawed when the Republicans were deploying it to, uh, in a never Trump capacity, and I think it's flawed again. And uh, B. goes on to say that um, it was Ted Cruz, um, Kasich, Jeb Bush, Marco Rubio, all of these guys staying in, in the race so long as establishment candidates uh, split up that establishment vote. And so everybody who wanted the establishment could take a pick between four or five different people. And then everybody who was sick and tired of the establishment could vote for Trump, which is what they did. Um, and then he says from near, nearly a year ago, Tybee writes, uh, the 30,000 foot pundit view on Sanders chances should be that he, of course, has a chance, one rooted in the same logic that saw Trump win. He is an unconventional candidate with an at least somewhat insoluble base of support, running in an overlarge field of mostly traditional politicians, many of whom will take their votes from one another. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Maybe. Maybe. Uh, So you saw Elizabeth Warren in her speech last night after losing in New Hampshire, you saw her uh embrace Amy Klobuchar. Uh so you know maybe there's some recognition there that they're together, they're a kind of uh a, a, a female establishment blah, blah blah. Uh then uh you've got um, you've got Biden. Biden, bless his heart, I mean, just sundowning all over the place. I don't even know what to say about that. I feel really bad for him. Uh, Matt Heidi says in this piece that Joe Biden shouldn't be driving a car, let alone running for president, and man, I could not agree more. Um, <clears throat> Elizabeth Warren, since since we just brought her up, Elizabeth Warren has colder ads in South Carolina and Nevada. Yeah, that? her ads in South Carolina and Nevada. At the same time, she uh, placed some ads in Maine because, I guess, Maine? Why Why Maine? Here, here's why I think Maine. Uh, at this point, Elizabeth Warren is trying to uh, salvage what little bit of her reputation she has left and she's pulling the money out of South Carolina and Nevada and putting it closer to home. So Maine is closer to Massachusetts or whatever. She's she's got to polish her image because right now she's looking really weak and she's doing bad enough that a lot of people have been talking about the possibility of uh, someone challenging her for the Senate, you know? That that could happen. If she doesn't get a uh, one of those coveted um, cabinet posts in the um, Kamala, no, not the Kamala, in the uh, Beto, no, not the Beto, in the uh, Cash, no, um, in the Biden, no, in the Buttigieg, no, in somebody's administration. It's not going to be Sanders, though, I can tell you that, because Elizabeth Warren is not missing a chance to uh, to, uh hit Bernie Sanders and, um, hit him below the belt actually. Uh, and she'll do it while saying, Oh, we have to have unity. Um, as a matter of fact, that's exactly what she did last night, uh, in her speech after losing in New Hampshire. Um, here's what here, right here, Here's some of what Elizabeth Warren had to say last night
0: in New Hampshire oops, about, about Bernie Sanders. Democrats, it's whether it will be a long, bitter rehash of the same old divides in our party or whether we can find another way. Senator Sanders and Mayor Buttigieg are both great people, and either one of them would be a far better president than Donald Trump. I respect them both. But the fight between factions in our party has taken a sharp turn in recent weeks, with ads mocking other candidates and with supporters of some candidates shouting curses at other Democratic candidates.
1: Okay. <clears throat> so there you hear Elizabeth Warren accusing somebody, not not you know maybe not necessarily Bernie Sanders, but um but the, the media sure thinks so. Uh number one, accusing of uh of attack ads and which I'm unaware of and I tried to find some sort of attack ad that Bernie had put out earlier today as I was doing my show notes and I couldn't find anything except for an ad that he released uh, in New Hampshire, that was attacking bankers, and you know i I hope that elizabeth warren um the consumer protection the consumer financial protection bureau girl lady woman uh, queen uh I hope that she is not all in with the bankers but that that was that was who Bernie Sanders was uh drawing a contrast with prior to the election. And then she says that people were cursing. Supporters were cursing. Cursing when? What supporters? What are you talking about? This is the exact kind of thing that she did at the end of the debate, well, during the debate, where she, uh, where she uh, leaked to you know, colluded with and leaked to CNN something about uh, some crap story about Bernie having told her that a woman couldn't win, which he didn't say. I mean, I believe him. I absolutely believe him. Why would he lie? (laughs) He's not the type to care about something like that. But also, he has how many decades of, of, why am I rehashing this? He has so many decades. What is it, like 50 years of of record where he's you know he was been a feminist before it was easy to be a feminist, and so on and so forth, so she did that during the debate and then you know crawled over and did this weird thing with the open mic, you know where she was like, I think you called me a liar on national television and and uh um. As if nobody would would imagine that we knew that the mics were on uh, she's just re- mm. anyway so so with that kind of history, you know that that you know making those kind of attacks, she is now saying that 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 Bernie Sanders supporters or supporters or people who are Democrats or something or another uh, cursed cursed at them. And, you know, what I say to that is, is, you know, don't make an accusation like that in front of a, in front of a group of people, unless you can back it up, you know, or unless you are starting a fight. So what that is, literally what she's doing right there, starting a fight. Like if I walked into, to, to my workplace and said, you know, I'm, I'm not going to name any names, but, 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 you know people were cursing at me in the hallway or in the elevator or in the parking garage or whatever it is. Um, I would be called to account. I would be asked to, uh, to say who, what did they say? You know, uh, how can we make this right? Or, you know, maybe you need to find another job or, you know, whatever it is. Uh When she's giving a speech like that on national television, there is no opportunity to be called to account. It's not like somebody from the audience is going to yell, "Uh, who said it? You know, and it's not like she's going to go, it was a Bernie supporter. You know, that's not going to happen. Um, And then in the very next breath, you know, here she is stirring the pot, creating all this trouble. And the very next breath, This is what she says,
0: come on. These harsh tactics might work if you are willing to burn down the rest of the party in order to be the last man standing. They might work if you don't worry about leaving our party and our politics worse off than how you found it. And they might work if you think only you have all the answers and only you are the solution to all our problems. But if we're going to beat Donald Trump in November, would...
1: do you notice how she gets folksier as she's getting meaner? You know, it's it's kind of like the way Southerners say 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 bless your heart, you know. Um, so, so she's she's making this this weird call to unity by lashing out at. At voters, and not just any voters, but the voters who just won that particular primary, she's lashing out at them and being like, You can't win like that, you're mean. So I want to talk about unity just for a second before we talk about this pack thing. Um, you know, I mentioned groupthink earlier, and that there's that the, uh, you know people who work together and vacation together, as Matt Stoller said, uh, it's it's not a conspiracy, it's a community, um, and that and that there is a and that groupthink will arise out of these situations where um, where uh, people owe allegiance to certain kinds of power and they're not going to challenge that power. You know, this is this is how things went haywire in, in Iowa because, uh, you know, I mean, it's pretty obvious the day after the election that uh, that something went terribly, horribly wrong. And it was also pretty obvious after we learned more about that app and how it was deployed and how it was used, it was pretty obvious that, you know, two months in development and, you know, deployed with, with mm-hmm. no training, per, you know, to speak of. That just wasn't going to work. But the group think got everybody on the same page. It got everyone unified. It lulled them to sleep because that's what it does. Unity is not a good thing. <clears throat> and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez did a really good job of contrasting unity and solidarity, which I totally am totally 100% all about. I think unity is, 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 is as as we'll talk about in a second, uh, authoritarian and it's divisive, you know. To to just stand up somewhere and be like, "We must be unified, and it's all you crap holes over there. If you if it weren't for you, we'd be unified." That's horrible. That's horrible. And that is nothing like solidarity. Solidarity is um is uh I fight for you, you fight for me. I don't know you, you know. I don't. I don't, and 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 your interests might not be exactly the same as my interests, but I am still going to fight for you because we we are struggling in solidarity, and that is that is how we behave. That is how we behave in a movement. That is um, that's our praxis. Uh, unity, though, uh, corporate Democrats want unity to be our praxis. And I have a real problem with unity because I think unity is calling for a kind of, um, uh, it's calling for a kind of authoritarianism. It's, it, 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 it's a lot, you know, and it, it alludes to this blue, no matter who kind of jibe kind of, kind of stuff, you know, and uh, uh, um, in a party that is getting ready to put Michael Bloomberg you know, who was, who was a Republican up until about five minutes ago, uh, that were getting ready to put Mike Bloomberg up on a ticket, I'm not going to be unified with that motherfucker. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. And there's other Democrats in the party that I'm not going to be unified with. I'm sorry. My interests do not align with their interests. And I've never seen any sort of solidarity from these kinds of people towards my interests. So, no, you can't have my unity for, for that. And to ask for it, to ask for it without there being a relationship of solidarity, to ask for it in the absence of, of a movement that is meaningful in, an, in a social exchange for both of us, that is coercive. And what Elizabeth Warren did last night after she lost, lost, loser, lost. The election uh, was, um, I lost the word, I had a really good word I was going to use and I lost it. Anyway, it was terrible. She's a horrible person. And, uh, um, you know, look at this from, look at this from the perspective of you're, you're, you're part of the blob. You're an insider. You're in the party and what the party wants to do is the party wants to win at all costs because the party as this blob sees itself as one cohesive kind of like you know like like one of those slime molds that's like in the in in the sewers in 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 london and so it has its own kind of consciousness and it, it it senses when different parts of it are being annoyed or whatever and so what the from, from the inside what the party is trying to do is is it's trying to put like Elizabeth Warren's head on Amy Klobuchar's body like they're trying to make this this Franken Warrens klobuchar kind of thing and 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 they want Biden's donors but they don't want Biden anywhere near anything and and, uh, and 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 they think Pete Buttigieg is just like dreamy and maybe he could be like smashed into the pile somehow um that's all they care about. They want those, they want that power and they want that money and they don't give a crap about us. You know, going back to that Mehdi Hassan article where where you have this Washington Post Cheeto head talking about um, that Bernie is a, a one hit wonder and Jennifer Rubin is like, oh, he's yesterday's news. Well, you know what's not yesterday's news is the fact that I can't have a medical emergency Even with freaking gold-plated insurance that I pay $20,000 a year for, I can't have a medical emergency, a significant one, and not bankrupt my freaking family. All right? That's not a one-hit wonder. That is eternal. Yeah? That's just the way it is. And until that's fixed... We're going to be behind Bernie Sanders and we're going to be behind Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Rashida Tlaib and uh, Ilhan Omar and everyone who has solidarity with us. That's the way that works. And people in the blob don't understand that because they're a slime mold, essentially. Um, long story short, unity is bad. Unity is authoritarian. Don't trust anybody who's, who's telling you to have unity. You know, um what they're saying when they're asking for, for, for unity is they're like, you know, your vote is your voice. You should you should be heard with your vote. But vote the way I want you to vote and then shut up. And it's it's absolutely despicable. It's condescending. It's terrible. So we're not going to have unity with Bloomberg. We're not going to have unity with with, who's who's a racist and an oligarch. Uh, I don't have unity with the donors of the party. The donors of the party are the ones who are causing everything to be screwed up that we have to fix. Yeah. Fossil fuel interests, the developers, the, the banks, those who want to profit off of my suffering, the insurance companies, you know, the, the people that the, the third way have aligned with. They're profiting off of my suffering. I have no unity with them. They have no solidarity with me. Not really sad about it. Um, so. It's not like. Segway. It's not like the party. Um intends to have any unity with us, either. Uh, for immediate release, this is a date, date line, this is scheduled for release tomorrow, February 13th. Interesting. So so this uh, announcement about PAC, a new PAC, a new Stop Burning PAC, uh, was circulating on Twitter right before I came on. And So what I've got here is the press release and their um, donor page. And, oh, my God, this is vile, you guys. Here we go. Washington, D.C. On the heels of his victory in the New Hampshire Democratic primary, a Democratic, on the heels of his victory, a Democratic grassroots group has launched a PAC called Beat Bernie 2020 in an effort to challenge Senator Bernie Sanders' rising profile. Challenge his rising profile. In next paragraph, the PAC's founders are choosing to remain anonymous due to a credible... F- <laughs> I can't even say this with a straight face. Due to a credible fear of threats and backlash from ardent Bernie supporters, a tactic they have become infamous for, or infamous for, using ruthlessly on social media, especially Twitter.
0: Uh, this is written so bad.
1: Um, quote Sharing any kind of criticism about Sanders is almost always met with intense harassment and bullying from Bernie back trolls, often with sexist and racist overtones, says one of the group's founders who chooses to remain anonymous because he's a fucking coward. Uh, moving on, uh, quote This is the same level of fear many Democrats feel. feel this is so over-the-top, you guys. This is the same level of fear many Democrats feel when interacting with Trump supporters and MAGA hats. And while Bernie isn't directly responsible for the actions of his supporters, he also hasn't taken a serious effort to condemn this behavior. Now, I don't know if any of these party elites have ever trotted themselves into a Trump rally. Um, but i can say that they're not serious people if they're saying that if they're like you know oh uh somebody uh, uh tweeted a snake emoji at me on twitter uh that that's uh equal to you know guys walking around with with uh um AR15s you know open carry and you know you know we're we're going to water the tree of liberty with the blood of whoever's in front of us kind of people, you know, that's not serious. These people are not serious. Now what's serious about this is, is that they're raising money off of this. And what's serious about this is um, that I'm sure somebody totally not named Hillary Clinton is behind this, totally not named Neera And you know, totally, totally not any of those any of those people would do anything like this. Um, but but uh, whoever it is goes on to say Many Democrats are concerned that Bernie Sanders is creating irreparable division on the left, on the left, <laughs> that will create significant difficulties for the party's eventual nominee. <laughs> In other words, Bernie Sanders is 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 showing people what a real Democratic uh, candidate can look like so that when they put Bloomberg up there, or they put, you know, they prop Joe Biden up with some kind of, you know, Frankenstein's chemistry set, uh, we're gonna be like, no, everyone's gonna be like, no, it's not the left, it's not Bernie, it's not, it's, it, it, it's, the zeitgeist. We've, we, <laughs> we are dealing with some serious shit, and party elites uh, might not be aware of it because uh, I'm sure, you know, all these people that that live in Boca or, you know, out on the water in South Florida or wherever, you know, they're not living in the same world as the rest of us. They're not paying student loans off until they get social security. They're not, uh, you know, well, actually, some of them might actually be suffering some of the same issues we are with, with, with healthcare. Um, And you know how rich people are with the, with uh, you know, when when stuff gets expensive, they get really upset about it. You know, like like poor people are like, ah, I don't have any money anyway. I don't care. I don't care how expensive it is. <laughs> it's all gonna go co- to collections anyway. Um, the rich people are like, Oh my god, I might have to pay that. What the hell? <laughs> I hate them. Um, moving on. Uh, the organizers behind beat Bernie 2020 are troubled by this number. Um, Oh, here it is. In a January 2020 poll, only 53% of Bernie Sanders supporters said they would definitely, definitely vote for the Democratic nominee in the general election if Sanders does not win the nomination. And they want to do something about that. And they think that in order to do something about that, what's going to totally help is if they raise a whole bunch of money and run all of these attack ads on Bernie Sanders. They think that's going to help. They think that's going to help heal the party. They think that's going to help create a sense of unity. You know, okay, first of all, they're liars because nobody thinks that. Absolutely nobody thinks that. And, and, and secondly, man, they cannot write a press release. This is, this is some really awful stuff. Um, The organizers behind Beat Bernie 2020 are troubled by this number, especially at a time when Democrats need to unite against Donald Trump. Quote, by leaning into this Bernie or bust narrative, Sanders and his supporters are essentially strong arming their way to the nomination. Sanders is sending a clear message that you are either for him or against him. And there is no gray area in between to have a real dialogue, said the founders that remain anonymous because they're fucking cowards. Uh, Quote, that's ideal for him because while he has an arsenal of fiery rhetoric to pump up progressives, he has no real explanation for how he will implement any of his proposed changes because we're just an anonymous group that's just making shit up, blah, 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 blah. This is my favorite part right here. The PAC will aim to hold Sanders accountable for long neglecting the abusive behaviors of his most mostly online supporters and to highlight the inconsistencies in his many ambitious policy proposals. So <laughs> they're creating a pack for Twitter. They're cre- they got mad on Twitter. They got owned on Twitter and they're they're creating a pack and they're such cowards they won't even put their names on it. This is this is um typical This is typical, absolutely typical. Uh, They argue that if Bernie Sanders becomes the Democratic nominee for president, the polarizing nature of his campaign and the increasingly unhinged behaviors of his followers will discourage enough Democrats from voting in November, ultimately handing the election to Donald Trump and the Republicans. Let's talk about unhinged, y'all. How unhinged is it to start a pack to... To combat people on Twitter, you know, how about not lying on Twitter? How about not shit How about you know, um, getting behind some some real policy that people actually want and that won't people won't attack you for? How about not supporting fossil fuel companies? How about not supporting the banks? How about um, what was my other one over here? Oh, developers. That's a Florida thing. Maybe you don't have them in other places, but they're terrible down here and nothing will get rid of them. Um the Democratic Party by doing this, you know, and this has Democratic Party written all over it, by the way. You know, even though it's not like the official DNC or the official this or that, uh, this is they're 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 acting on behalf of the party and they're using the party's brand. So you might as well just say that this is the party doing this until somebody in the party comes out and Denounces it. Perhaps. That would be the smart thing to do, actually, if anyone's listening, who who could make that happen, denouncing this stuff and distancing yourself from it and making sure that they don't go through with this sort of thing, that would be the smart thing to do. Because what you're actually doing right now is you're making damn sure that nobody is going to come over to your side. You want to talk about divisive? You want to talk about a unity problem? This right here, this right here is a unity problem. i got to tell you, this is not – I don't see this as – I don't think they're being honest. I don't think they're being straightforward. I don't think they're 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 concerned with uh, with Twitter or people online at all. No, I think that they have uh, uh, polled and focus grouped what kinds of words and phrases and adjectives uh, appeal to uh, you know your 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 typical midwestern voter and uh midwesterners get a little weird about people being aggressive i mean it's just in their nature and uh so you know this this to me looks like it was uh it's part partly a creation of a of a focus group or a or a polling kind of operation it's not serious now what they do want to do what they do want to do is put forth a whole lot of independent expenditures in the primary against Bernie Sanders. That's what they want to do. They want to draw 100 million, 200 million, 500 million dollars. They would love to do that. They would love to draw 500 million dollars of independent expenditures of attack ads on Bernie Sanders. That's what they want to do, and they're going to do it under the guise of unity. That's your excuse. So uh so in the interest of unity um I'm going to suggest that uh that uh that they can go fuck themselves. How about that? Um and enjoy it. Enjoy enjoy fucking yourself. Because I'm a nice person and I and I'm concerned that people have a good time. So um so make sure as you're fucking yourself that you enjoy yourself, Democratic Party. Um, that is the end of my show. That is all I. Oh, one more thing. I got to share this with you. There's there's two data points, very important. I'll send you away these two data points because they're so fabulous. Um, I forgot about this. On the beat, Bernie dot nationbuilder dot com website the it's just like a donate page and it says uh Bernie Sanders has become one of our nation's most divisive figures. <laughs> um His campaign is fueled by a rogue army of online supporters who threaten insult, and bully anyone who dares question Sanders. oh my God, these people are just unhinged. And I I think that that unhinged is quite uh, the appropriate word there. Uh, Real quick. These same Democrats have for a long time been saying that, oh, if Bernie Sanders doesn't bring anybody new to the table, then what good is he? And oh, he's not bringing anybody new to the table, blah, 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 blah. Well, Okay, so we have numbers from New Hampshire. We have the uh, New Hampshire turnout. And New Hampshire Democratic turnout with 100% counted is uh, set a record historic high. So the turnout, total turnout uh, yesterday was 297,000 people. Now, the next closest highest number to that was in 2000, way back in 2008. Which is 12 years ago, I think, if math is working. And that number in 2008 was 285,000. So, oh my God, it's 12 again. So that's 12,000 more people that that Bernie Sanders brought to the brought to the party in 2016 when Hillary Clinton was running. Uh, 250,000 people came out and in 2004 only 219,000 people came out. So Bernie Sanders definitely bring in in the the people. High Point University, North Carolina. Here's a poll for you. I was looking for a Nevada poll. There's no Nevada poll yet. Um, But I saw another state that starts with an N, North Carolina. North Carolina poll came out today uh, and it has it's very, it's very interesting, you know, because North Carolina is is part Appalachia and it's part banking and insurance industry in Charlotte, and it's it, and it's part resort area on on the on the coast. It's a, it's a big state. It's an interesting state. It has a rich history. Uh, it's it's very diverse. Uh, Bernie Sanders is uh, in the lead with 25%, followed by Biden trailing by six points. Biden's at 19%. Bloomberg is at 13%, then Warren at 12, and then Buttigieg at six. So you see Pete Buttigieg dropping to one, two, three, four, five, dropping to fifth place. And um, for some reason, They've got Steyer and Klobuchar as one person. Maybe they just mean they both got three percent. Steyer and Klobuchar each have three percent. Um, this poll is among registered voters, so so this is a this is um, registered likely. You're 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 ready to go. This isn't you know people bringing new people to the party or you know anything um, exotic like that. That's just where
0: it stands, right there.
1: Um, I don't know if you guys saw this. This totally goes with what we're talking about, and I've got just a few more minutes before um, before we head out. But MSNBC was in New Hampshire with um, <clears throat> Ari Melber, And he's talking to voters, and there's this nice lady, and it looks like uh, some kind of pizza parlor or something. And he's talking to her, and he's asking her, you know, who who she's going to vote for. And she says that she's going to vote for Bernie Sanders. And the reason why she's going to vote for Bernie Sanders is,
0: uh, well, check it out. michael yeah that's sort of a paradox to to decide and then feel undecided so you're a complex person well, yes but i want to say the reason i went for bernie is um because of MSNBC. and his <laughs> on. i think it is completely cynical to say that he's lost 50 percent of his vote um from the last time when there were two candidates now there are multiple wonderful candidates who would be great presidents and people that we could I think that we can unify and get behind. But the the, the kind of a stop burning cynicism cynicism that I heard from a number of people um, I watch MSNBC constantly. So I heard that from a number of commentators, and so that today made me angry. And I said, like, okay, Bernie's
1: got my vote. This is a, such an interesting point. What you're saying is, and we take criticism because we're journalists, right? We, we have to be open-minded. You're saying that hearing from people, whether it's ha 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 ha. Yeah, you 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 certainly take criticism as journalists. That's uh, we see that all the time on MSNBC. No, we don't. Uh. So this woman is basically saying on the night before this this stop bernie twenty twenty pack is launched she's saying that exactly the reason why she voted for for Bernie instead of freaking Michael Bennett, you know like Bennett was on her list, Elizabeth Warren, but then Bennett um maybe she, i don't know but she but the reason why is that she's responding to the um brutal treatment that Bernie Sanders gets on, on a uh, mainstream media or, or corporate media. Um, that tells you everything you need to know right there. And, 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 I gotta say, this isn't the, this isn't the first person who said that. And it, it, and it tracks really well with uh, human nature. Like we can, we can kind of go along with, with the, uh, with the groupthink and the bullying for so long. And you're like, yeah, you know, I just, I I don't want anybody to to pick on me. So I'll just go along with it. Yada, yada, yada. But at some point uh, it becomes too much. And at some point people start looking for the thing that they can do to remove themselves from the thing that they feel is abusive. And um, the way that she found was, to vote for Bernie, and you know, we might be seeing we might be seeing more of that. Look, we've got we've got Nevada coming up. What are the dates? Nevada on February 22, so that's 10 days away, and then after that is South Carolina on the 29th. So we've got 10 more days of this narrative that that Bernie won both Iowa and New Hampshire, and that. No one who wins both those states goes on to lose the nomination. And um, we'll see how that works on on Nevada. And you can see that people are scared. You can see that they're wanting to roll this stuff out before people start to caucus in Nevada or people uh, cast a vote in South Carolina. But we also have our narrative. So um, online. Bernie Bros, get out there and 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 spew your spew your stuff. Do your thing, you know. Quit cussing so much. Why are you cussing at people? I shouldn't be cussing at people. I don't believe that for a second. Um. Thanks for tuning in. I'm gonna quit a few minutes early and and uh, go catch. I think Bernie's gonna be on on something on TV so enjoy enjoy this completely copyright free bumper music until next time